Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny is joined today by Kat Fowler, and the two of them will be discussing her brand new book, The Ultimate Guide to Energy Healing. So tune in and learn all about healing your chakras, aura, and energy body. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com, and you can also find the show on iTunes and podcast. One And just as quick housekeeping, my website to find out more about me is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. So I'm really excited to welcome our guest on today. Um, I've always been intrigued by energy healing and so have had the opportunity to interview a a few folks here and there about this. And so when I saw um, Kat Fowler's book um, come across my desk, I was really excited to be able to bring her on the show and share the work that she is doing. So I'll just read her bio and then we'll bring her on and um, we're going to learn a lot of things that I think are going to be really helpful to you out there listeners. And um, also because um, we have been um, so privileged to get to work with East West uh, Bookshop for years now and they're doing many live events these days. Um, I want to make you all aware that Kat will be doing an event with East West Bookshop coming up here on Saturday, April 23rd. I'll give you the full details on that in just a moment, but just so that you are aware that you will have an opportunity to connect with her on a deeper basis um, after the show today. So Kat Fowler is a light worker, a teacher of spirituality and meditation, an Akashic Records reader, and trainer, an advanced energy therapist, a Reiki master, teacher, and host of the Soul Awakening podcast. She has been featured on the cover of Yoga Journal, Om Yoga Magazine, New York Yoga and Life Magazine, and Natural Awakenings Magazine, as well as in various video and print interviews for Shape Magazine, Natural Health Magazine, Manhattan Magazine, and many other publications. Kat has been teaching and mentoring students for over a decade in New York City and internationally. Her life's work is dedicated to raising the frequency of the collective through sharing spiritual practices and healing teachings to help you discover the truest wisdom of your highest self within. To find out more about her, her work, her offerings, her new book, you can go to catfowler.com. That is catfowler.com and cat is spelled with a K, K K-A-T. And the wonderful new book that we will be discussing today is The Ultimate Guide to Energy Healing. Um, Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I really, um, I so enjoyed reading your book, um, which I, you know, I always read a book in preparation for the show if a guest has one. And um, I always enjoy it when there's a book that has practices or meditations or things to experience. And you sure did have a lot of interesting things um, to combine with all of the wisdom you shared. So it was an enjoyable preparation for me this time around. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so glad. Awesome. And, and I will just say, as I mentioned, um, you are doing an event coming up at East West Bookshop. I'm going to give the details now and then again at the end of our time together um, so that uh, folks will have everything they need um, to connect with you. So okay. the class is going to be, um, it's called Energy Healing for Beginners. Um, and it's uh, based on, you know, the idea that energy healing is a skill that we can all cultivate. And it's not just something reserved for intuitives, monks, shamans, and healers. So if you go to this class, you can expect to go over the basic energy body and its anatomy, the basics of breath work, and it's important for energetic practice. Um, You'll move through a gentle guided meditation, which will include some self-healing energy practices that then you'll take with you um, for the months to come. Um, So the logistics are April 23rd. That's a Saturday. Um, It will be from 3 to 4.30 p.m. Pacific. It is going to be a webinar, which means you can join from anywhere. And uh, to find out more and register, Um, through East West, you can visit the website eastwestseattle.org. That's eastwestseattle.org. Anything else you want to mention about the event or we can return to it, of course, later as well, Kat? No, I'm just super excited. It's a beautiful place, East West, and I'm honored to work with Bima and their amazing bookshop and so excited to be here. So yeah, I think you explained it pretty well. It's an hour and a half workshop coming up and it's for anybody, whether you've done energy healing before or have never even meditated, it's super, super fundamental and fun. So it'll be really simple and for really all levels. Yeah. And that was one of the things I noticed about your book that I just want to comment on. Well, first of all, the illustrations were so beautiful. I don't know who did. Well, I, I guess I could have looked to see the details, but I haven't <laughs> checked back on it, but they really stood out to me. Um, I just wanted to compliment you on whoever you partnered with to do that. Well, thank you. You know, it was interesting. Some of it was rendered and a lot of it, I actually was sitting at my desk and I just started to draw images that were needed that I haven't seen in any energy healing book before, like how to ground and things like that. Like I haven't really seen an illustration of the connection from, you know, grounding to the earth. And I was like, I literally had a box of crayons (laughs) and some pencils and I drew some images and then gave them to my publisher and then worked with the artist who then, you know, professionally. So they look really nice, but um, that's, that's where a lot of the inspiration came from for a lot of the images. Well, I loved that. And then, and then the other thing that initially I started to comment on, but um, you know, there are a lot of concepts that you cover in the book that we've got, you know, our, KKNW audience is is pretty spiritually aware. And so they maybe Mm -hmm. have heard of concepts such as the aura or energy blocks or energy cording or these kinds of things. Um, But I have to say the way that you explain them in the book really finally hit home for me because they kind of seemed like amorphous concepts that I'm like, oh yeah, that, that seems right. You know, I I could see that happening, but this actually, it just felt very tangible and very understandable to me, the way that you explained some concepts that maybe folks are generally aware of, but they don't really know what that is. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think with energy healing, what's interesting is so many people that don't know even anything about energy at all really speak in these terms. Like they'll be like, Oh, I felt really tied to this situation. And that's usually the sign of an energy cord or someone would be like, you know, Oh, when this person left, I feel like I 
left a part of me and that's part of their energy that's with this person. And so I think that's, that was my goal to really explain, well, when we say that and we feel that we intuitively feel something, this is what's actually really happening. And so that was, I'm glad that that landed well, cause that was kind of the goal. So everyone interprets how they're feeling on a daily basis, which is so simple yet. Now here's the explanation for what's actually happening with the energy and how to remedy that when something is going, you know, awry. Yes, yes. Well, it sure did land with me. So I'm sure it will for all the readers out there. Um, well, I wanted to before we really dive into some of the contents and the, the concepts that you talk about. Um, I'm curious, I was I was intrigued by your background. Um, because mm -hmm. unlike, um, you know, some people come to intuitive or energy work, um, after they've had kind of the opposite in their life, but you it seems like you were kind of raised in an environment that was very conducive to this, like your parents met at an ashram, um, you learned meditation from your parents' guru. Like it's just, it feels like you were in such fertile soil to come to the work that you now do. And I'm just curious if you could speak to that a little bit. Well, yes and no. I feel <laughs> sometimes when things are given to you so easily, which are from, for whatever reason, karmic reasons, these are the parents I picked and I love them. You know, yeah. I, I really do. But, um, we don't realize like if there's just gems in front of you, sometimes you really just don't see its worth until you're removed from that. And I feel, uh, growing up, all of that was available to me. And then when I became a teenager, I just completely, you know, rebelled against everything oh. like that because I was like, I'm not doing what my parents say. I <laughs> need to find my own path. And I really like went astray. <laughs> and then um, around college time, uh, around 19 is when I returned back to the path of really, it was first yoga for me and meditation. And then everything else started to flow in. So yes, I, I definitely had a non-traditional upbringing. Uh, but at the same time, I really did have to come to that path myself through my own experience before I could even begin like considering that that was for me. And um, I find that I tend to learn from experience, like most of us yeah. probably listening. <laughs> and so, although it was like, oh, when I look back, you're like, well, it would have been nice if I just would have like listened, but um, <laughs> that wasn't for me. So um, yeah, eventually I did kind of find my own way back with my own path. And, and that's how I am where I am today. Yes. And then you also, it sounds like, had a very personal, um, intense healing journey of your own. And I, I would like to ask you about that. If I could just read a couple of quotes from the book and, and then get, if you don't mind unpacking it a little bit. Um, yeah, you said that, that your personal healing journey began in 2009. You were teaching yoga and meditation, but you still felt like a part of your healing process was missing. And then um, when you hit age 30, you write that it unlocked Pandora's box and the suppressed and stored trauma and emotions of horror and sadness surfaced all at once. I experienced multiple daily panic attacks, agoraphobia, and post-traumatic stress disorder. At some of my lowest moments, I could not take the subway or even leave my apartment. Everything had come to a full stop. That's intense. Um, can you explain a little bit about what happened and then really what was involved in your healing or how did you come to the point you are now where this is what you do? Well, I do talk about that in the book a bit, but when I did hit 30, I felt there was a lot that unlocked in the capacity of, I felt that on a higher level, on a spiritual level, my soul was like, okay, you're ready to now work through some of these things that you've suppressed for a very long time. 
And it wasn't only this lifetime, it was past lifetimes. And I know that not everybody believes in reincarnation, but as somebody that um, professionally does Akashic Records readings (laughs) for a while, I mean, for me, the evidence is super clear. There's also scientific studies out there um, around, around reincarnation and children that have complete memories of past families that are still living and yes you're preaching to the choir there no I've interviewed some of those folks and we I mean around here we talk reincarnation all the time so okay great (laughs) (laughs) well so yes so so some of these past lives um what's interesting is I do find that for a lot of people they can unlock at a particular age and usually it's at the age that it occurred whatever it was in the past life um the trauma that was not resolved. And so I just felt like I was dealing with everything at once and it just was really overwhelming. And the analogy and the way I kind of see it was like, I just had to turn this huge ship around because mm. <laughs> the way that I was doing things. And although I was having a really successful career and, you know, everything looked great on the outside, uh, you know, I started to really struggle, um, internally. And so I, I knew whatever I was doing really wasn't working. And I had this whole toolbox of all these things that I've known, but I didn't really utilize. And then that's when daily meditation became a non-negotiable for me. I would, I really have to say like meditation for me was more of an anchor than anything else. And then simultaneously I was using, uh, like these non-traditional and holistic practices in order to really heal myself, because I did believe what was happening was more of a spiritual illness than it was anything else. And in our system that we live in today, it's really like mind body. It's not addressing the spirit at all. It's actually kind of laughed at, you know, in the terms of medical fields and whatnot, but that's changing now. And I just feel, um, for me, I knew that that missing component was what was causing the issues that led me to go on my own journey with healing within the Akashic records, within, um, deeply working with energy healing in order to really see what was happening with myself. The only reason that I really started to shift my life and my career path was because I was primarily just doing it to heal myself. I didn't have any intention to work with others in the records. I didn't have any intention uh, to to write a book (laughs) on energy healing, Um, really like none. And it, it just... I was also, I prayed a lot and I asked God to help me and to work through me. And, and then the book opportunity came and, um, I found that those methods were so helpful for my healing and just, they really helped me understand what was going on in ways that maybe aren't traditionally available to us right now, Mm -hmm. um, clinically and whatnot. So for me, it just gave me a good sense of peace around like, okay, I understand a little bit of what's happening right now. And so I now also feel like I have the tools that I can use to, to start to work and heal, you know, myself and heal some of these deep seated, deep rooted issues that are coming up. And I'm not, you know, the book, especially, and, um, myself, I'm not saying to not seek professional treatment or anything like that. I'm just sharing my own path, um, with how that worked for me. And then from there, I was led 
with a series of events that occurred to be sharing that as a life's work. And that's kind of how everything shifted. I don't know if that answered the question oh, properly. Absolutely. Um, yeah, okay. no, that's perfect. And it feels like this is, as you were explaining that story, what I hear is that, um, among many things, is that there were kind of breadcrumbs leading you forward. And this is, it, it feels like a calling to do what you are currently doing and sharing the information and wisdom that you're sharing. Absolutely. And I really feel like I just know I'm not alone. There's, especially over the last two years that we've all gone through, I, I don't know one person right now that's not going through a very hard time. Yeah. And I feel like this book was, it came out, it started, I started writing in 2019 and it was published in 2022. And I feel everything really happens for a reason, including the date of the publication mm. and the time that it came out post pandemic, um, because all of us are dealing with this. And I've had such really positive feedback from people that are brand new to this work that just some of the simple exercises have really helped them. They also really, it gave them peace. And and so yes to everything you just said. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and you just mentioned something, one of the, um, one of the things that I, um, that stood out to me was that that you write that these exercises that you cover in the book are an activation of your innate abilities through remembrance. And so it does feel like when you said, you know, people that aren't even necessarily familiar with energy work are telling you that they, that this is helping them. It feels like it, I, I totally get that. Can you speak a little bit about what you mean by remembrance? Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. When I say like people that have never been exposed to this, I just mean consciously in this incarnation physically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because exactly what you're saying, all of us here are literally ancient souls. I haven't done a reading where I haven't met somebody that isn't an ancient soul that came directly from source, God, whatever we want to call it, and has had the longest, most amazing journey to get here. Some of us have been on earth for a long time. Some of us, not as much, but it doesn't really matter. We've been everywhere and we have all of this wisdom within our soul stored within us. It's innate. It's in the DNA that we hold all of those DNA strands that scientists have no idea what they do. (laughs) I laugh when they call it junk DNA and I'm like, are you kidding? There is no junk. (laughs) I know these, these DNA strands, these 12 strands that we have, these etheric strands that maybe aren't physicalized are really what holds the key to all of these deep soul memories that we hold. And for a lot of us that are naturally gravitating towards like your radio show and material like this, this is stuff that we've done for lifetimes. And those of you listening probably already know that. And it's just for when someone picks up the book or it's given to them as a gift or they find it in a store. There's no coincidence there. And if you're attracted to the cover or you're attracted to the material or the images inside, and then they start reading it and then they're like, wow, how come this is just so easy? Like I, how did I not know this? It, it just, the timing now they're in the alignment energetically to start healing themselves. But that was always there. It was always in the soul memory. It was always with you. I don't feel like I'm teaching anything new here. It's not like, you know, I'm inventing the wheel. It was just a call to share exactly what people needed to hear at the time and anything that anyone's really activating and doing they're doing on their own accord through their own innate wisdom they've already done this like so many people that are gravitating towards the subtle art of energy healing were healers in the past Mm. not even you know on themselves for others they were shamans they were medicine people they 
it, it, the possibilities are really endless, but this stuff is not new to anybody who starts to gravitate towards it. And I feel personally with the way that the earth is shifting and the consciousness of our collective is shifting, that this is going to be a really common practice in maybe 20, 30 years. It'll be addressed in the same way that the physical body is addressed and the, the psychology of the mind is addressed. And so, yes, I agree with everything that you just said. And especially when it comes to our souls, it's something that is always there. A lot of times when we're just sitting there and we're meditating and we get these little ideas and downloads, this is just natural information coming from your own innate wisdom. And that's what this book, like the whole goal really is for people to reactivate these remembrance of just these really simple practices. There's nothing that's really complicated in here in order to help work with their own energy and heal themselves. I really wish this stuff was taught in schools. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> One day. <laughs> oh, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, something so fundamental and necessary. And, and just one more quick question on to piggyback on that. Um, you write at the very end of the book, I mean, you reference, you know, that, that, that our species or society is, you know, evolving and ascending. And just, I'm curious from what you see from the, not only the, the folks that you read or the folks that you work with or teach, um, that are, are more people remembering at a faster rate now than say in past years, just judging from, you know, anecdotally what you've seen or otherwise. I mean, <laughs> it's like rapid, <laughs> rapid rate. This whole pandemic is opening tons of people's eyes and I'm not going to get political, but like, wow, like <laughs> this has brought a lot of people to new places in their life that they've never been before yeah. where they're prioritizing different things now. And a lot of us are joining together. A lot of us are really like finding community within this like really intense hardship. And it's only going to keep accelerating really, I think in, for the next few years, like 2032 is probably where a lot of the peak of this is going to go, mm -hmm. but it's just, Yes, it's it's really accelerated. And I know right now it feels like sometimes we're in like the twilight zone. <laughs> it's just like a really intense, bizarre time, like still, even though, you know, we're in 2020 and things are kind of shifting, but not really like yeah. they are. It's just it to me feels that a lot of things had to be brought forward so that they're so clear that they couldn't be denied. Yep. And then from there comes some dismantling and then come there from there comes the rebuild. And I think that's the cycle that we're in right now, which is the simultaneous dismantle and rebuild of our consciousness yeah. as a, as a collective right now. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I think I do believe, you know, we, we pick our circumstances, we pick when we incarnate and are, are lucky enough to get in a body on this wonderful planet. But I just mm -hmm. feel I, I giggle because I think, well, we signed up to be here for this. So clearly oh, <laughs> we got to pick I up know. the mantle. It's, like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's like a hard reminder though, sometimes because it, it's really hard right now. I think for a lot of like people and yeah. light workers, like, man, we're, really processing some energies right now and there's so much shifting so like sometimes like that's a good reminder because we're like dang like earth this <laughs> is like this is not this is not easy right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> well on that note that's a perfect reason why we need the benefit of energy healing and <laughs> all that comes yes. with that yeah <laughs> yes so maybe we can unpack some of the book right now. Um, we can turn to that. Um, but I appreciate you going into some of the, the other topics that we just covered. Um, so energy healing, it's a word that perhaps folks have heard quite a bit, but what, how do you define energy healing or what are we talking about when 
we're healing energy. Okay. So we're talking really about the subtle energy that animates the matter that animates our physical existence. And so when we talk about energy healing, we're talking about working with the energy of the body, like the morphogenic fields that surround the body, it's called the aura, the biofield, and also the internal systems within the body, whether that's the chakras or some of the meridians like we do in Chinese medicine, there's not like one size fits all for energy healing. There's many different forms and modalities of it, but we're talking about working with the subtle systems, usually the unseen systems of the body that create the flow of the energy within the body and the electricity and how the body flows. Anyone that's ever received acupuncture, that is a form of energy healing where they're working with the tiny little chakras, which are the acupuncture points to balance the flow of energy moving through a pathway or a meridian in the body. And the Chinese medicine system is not the only system. Many different cultures throughout the entire world have their own system of healing. In yoga philosophy, there's nadis. There's many different ways to look at the energy body. And I tried to incorporate as broad of a capacity of these healing systems within the book while still keeping it manageable and like digestible because as a beginner, it's just so much information. But so when we're working with the energy field, a lot of it is really simple intention and it's intention or it could be visualization. But I find that the most important two factors to working with our energy field is the setting their intention for what we wanna do, mm-hmm. whether that's to release stuck emotions, uh, repair or heal areas that feel maybe um, like they're depleted or it could, whatever your intention may be for that day can switch by the hour, it doesn't matter. And then second is breathing. It's really, it's breathing for me is huge more than anything else. And then, you know, and towards the end of the book, we learn how to work with our hands and direct energy through our hands. But those two things is really how we direct energy. And the funny thing is we do that all the time. We're just not aware of it. (laughs) The way that... To, to consciously intend to heal the body is now the way that we're moving energy. Whereas in every day, we're always working with our energy and everything that we do is creating fluctuations in our aura and our field. It's creating fluctuations in our chakras. And so now we're just becoming aware of that and becoming aware of our innate patterns that maybe are serving us or aren't so that we can start to work with them and start to balance our system a little bit. And when I say healing, it's not, it's not go, going for perfection. Like there is no such thing. Mm-hmm. It's really finding balance within our system that works for our system at the time. And that can shift. So um, yeah. hopefully that explains it a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was really intrigued because I think when you're talking about healing areas that maybe feel depleted or um, uh, releasing stored traumas, it also, I was, it feels that is very practical, yes, but even at a more basic level, um, your explanation that that our energetic body really affects the physical body, and I loved your example of being more susceptible to catching a cold when the energy body is out of whack. Can you speak a little bit about how that works? Yes. I mean, I'm not an acupuncturist, but they call that a Wei Qi deficiency. And the Wei Qi is a, like it's the third layer of their auric field, the way that they describe the aura. And when that's depleted, so what happens is we have a cocoon of energy around the body called the aura. There's seven layers of the aura that we typically work with. However, there's many, many more. And the aura moves. It's a different layer of a dimensional field. 
within each layer. Mm. So the layers closest to the body are from the first I mentioned, they're more slow and they govern our physical existence more and how, how our mind is thinking about things and how our personality is thinking about things. The fourth layer is really the astral layer, the dream layer, that's the bridge. And then the last three layers, the furthest away from us are the most subtle, the lightest, the, the um, fastest in frequency, not better, not worse, just faster. Mm-hmm. And those are the higher dimensions. And that's really how our spirit, like our, who we are inside our spirit, not our personality and our ego and our, our conscious mind, but the unconscious mind, our spirit, how we feel about our experience. And so a lot of times, you know, like we were saying, earth can be a little tough. And so we could get a little run down or, you know, we lose sleep or whatever, um, on whatever may be going on in our life. And when that happens on a continual basis or something very challenging or traumatic happens, then we can lose a lot of, you know, our energy slowly, but surely like, and this can happen not through only lack of sleep, like not getting proper nutrition, not getting sunlight, you know, not going outside in nature, um, just stressors on the body or consistent work stress, things like this, like that we all experience as human beings. And if that happens continuously, then our aura, these layers around us, that are supposed to act like a big winter jacket in a storm start to get depleted. And then when that happens, it's as if like, you know, you had a little hole in the jacket and some feathers came out or whatever, or maybe some, some non feathers, if you're a vegan and and then the, the stuffing gets a little bit lighter. And then all of a sudden you're a li- like a lot more susceptible to the outside weather. If you have, if your coat's open or ripped or something like that, or not as thick, as opposed to if your, your aura or your coat was really thick and, you know, zipped up and yeah. you've got gloves and all this stuff on. And so when people tend to get cold frequently, it tends to be that they have run themselves down energetically to the point of just feeling very depleted. And then it's kind of like they're outside in the winter without a coat on. And there's many ways to rebuild yourself back up. And, you know, within the book, we go through exercises, but as simple as like grounding, going outside, walking barefoot, if the weather permits, hugging a tree, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sitting and meditating under a tree. Meditation is so good for you. Breath work, like all these things that are free and in nature, just eating, you know, healthy food, drinking clean water, things like this and and getting sleep. These things can really help to rebuild your aura without you even consciously energy healing, like doing effort or practices to heal your energy. That was one of my questions that I actually had was that is I know that there are a lot of specific practices. Let's say you feel like a chakra is blocked, for example, and you mm-hmm. decide to consciously use a practice to engage with the chakra and and hopefully heal it or give it what it needs so that it's you know properly dilated, all that good stuff. But if you don't, let's say you don't even consciously know about those things, but can a chakra heal itself, for example, kind of like a, a cut heals without us intentionally doing anything? Or do those kind of things really need attention? Ooh, yes, yes and no. Like, yes to, to what you're saying. And then also sometimes there it does need attention. Mm. I, I can say, like, I've met people that are so, like, it, they could be really religious or just have completely different cultural practices, not have anything to do with anything metaphysical and actually they can't stand it and they heal their own issues and a lot of the times it's just through love and forgiveness Mm. like chakra healing can occur soul retrieval or repair everything can occur literally through the power of love forgiveness and for those of 
us that believe in God, prayer, these things can occur naturally without your own effort, just through really standing in the frequency of love. And a lot of times, a lot of um, chakra balances and, and blocks tend to be held emotions that are just stuck within the aura or within the body or within the chakra or meridian or whatever it is. And a lot of times forgiveness for the, the person that this happened with and forgiveness for ourselves um, can really help to unlock that without any conscious effort at all. But there are certain things that if you've been doing that, and let's just even say you've been working with all the exercises in the book, sometimes we all have blind spots, just like when we're driving our car. And then sometimes it could be helpful to see a healer. But the whole purpose really of the book was so that you could really identify these patterns and um, really see these, these things for yourself. Now that you have the knowledge of like, oh, well, this is what a healthy chakra in this region feels like. And this is what a blocked one feels like. And now I understand that this is what the pattern that's been going on um, within the situation in my life. So yes and no. Um, but I do feel yes, primarily like people heal their energy all the time. And sometimes people just set the intention to get a session. They don't even book the session and then things start to move in their life and change. And then they already start to heal their energy through their own accord without even realizing it. And then they don't even need a session. So interesting. I mean, miraculous things happen all the time. And yes, like we are self-healing machines and there's many different ways that that can occur without any, any study at all of any energy healing at all. Oh, that's good to know. Um, and, and since we were talking about chakras, I will just, if you don't mind, read um, how you uh, describe chakras. Cause again, this was one of those definitions. Like I, I had a basic knowledge of the chakras and what mm -hmm. they were, but just the way you explained it, um, I would like to share it because it was helpful to me. Um, it kind of built upon or not built upon it, it. It just explained it in a way that landed better for me than before. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You write that of chakras, these energy centers govern, digest, process, and send out energetic information and signals throughout our physical body. They are essentially the energetic computer command centers that tell our glands, organs, tissues, and body what to do. The chakras fluctuate constantly and adjust according to the energy and patterns of the individual's personality, emotions, habits, thoughts, actions, and lifestyle choices, along with the external stimuli from their environment and relationships. And I just thought that makes so much sense because for some reason, while I know I've had acupuncture and I, I thought I had a general understanding of how and why that worked, the tie between the energetic body in the chakras and my physical body was just not it wasn't clear to me. Um, and so you not only explain that, but also the, your diagrams of the chakras, for example, um, not all the chakras face the same direction, um, like the crown and the root are a little bit mm -hmm. different than the others. Do you mind speaking to, you know, some of the, you mentioned chakras that I was not familiar with, for example, you know, the earth star, higher heart, soul star, stellar, those kinds of things. Um, but also mm -hmm. just how they're set up in the body. I was so fascinated by that. Yeah. Um, well, so within our body, it's like, there's a double, an energetic double to what's happening in the physical body and along the spinal cord slightly in front of it, there's what we call the central column. It's called the vertical power current, the ascension column. It's called the Shishumna Nadi in yoga philosophy, many different, um, Hara line, like there's many different ways that people interpret it, but really what I'm talking about is the main central line and column that runs energetically down parallel to the spine. And within that is where these seven main chakras that every human being on the planet has 
that they tie into. That's yeah. where all of these chakras look like. I'm, I'm sure those of you listening know, like little vortices, like a, like a colander that opens and closes and it, they face outwards down the front of the body, down the back of the body. And then there's one that is pointing down, which is the root chakra connecting down with the energy of the earth. And then there's the crown chakra, which is pointing up this like funnel. looks like little funnels pointing up that is connecting with the energy of the sky. However you want to say it, the celestial energy, the heavens, God, and all those higher energies. And so these, these chakras, these informational centers is how we live in the world. It's the electricity that animates the lights in your house. It's like, that's what, this is the energetic system that an anatomy that we all hold. And it's not just the seven main basic chakras that we have, but those are the most important to start with. Mm -hmm. um, mastering the lessons of each chakra can literally take lifetimes. <laughs> and that's why a lot of us will come in and we'll have these like th throat chakra issues. Like a lot of us, like light workers, will have these throat chakra issues where we don't want to speak our spiritual truth because of previous persecution and past lives or whatever. And that's just because that's where we were working. That's that's the energy that we need to start working on uh, in order to continuously ascend and move up. And so they go in different frequencies. There is a slower, lower frequency that more matches the frequency of the earth, the lower we get, so the root chakra. And I just really want to stress all of them work in tandem. They work as like a family. They're all equally as important. I think sometimes in metaphysical communities, there's a lot of stress put on, you know, the crown chakra, the third eye opening this and that and that. And it, if we want to be healthy, whole integrated beings, we need all of them working functionally together and healthy. And we also need to remember that we're human and be grounded, yeah. <laughs> which can be, I think like the challenge, I think in the spiritual community, sometimes I had that challenge myself. I'm not like knocking anyone. That was a big problem for me for a very long time. Yeah. And so, um, the lower we go, the slower, the frequency, the color is red. And if you look up, you know, on Google, the different color frequencies of the rainbow, the, the prism spectrum of the rainbow, that is, what our chakras are in a sense mm -hmm. there's the slower frequency and then it moves up the sacral is orange that's below the navel then below the ribs is the solar plexus and that's the yellow frequency and so forth the heart is green moving up 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 and each of these chakras have different qualities and lessons to them and a lot of the similar to what i was describing with the aura the lower three chakras so the root the red, orange, yellow, the root, the sacral, the solar, these have to do with our human experience, stability, safety, grounding, emotions, relationships, things like that. Mm -hmm. Then the heart is really the bridge. That's where we connect our human experience with our spiritual experience and where the energy of just unconditional love, once that's merged, can flow through. And then the upper three chakras, the throat, the third eye, and the crown. So the throat's like a sky blue the third eye is indigo, and then the crown is a violet color. Some people describe it as white, but it usually it's like an ultraviolet, beautiful violet color. These have to do with our spiritual experience and our ability to connect in with a higher power, our ability to receive spiritual information, our ability to speak our truth and see through illusions and things like this. And so all of these chakras have many different qualities and lessons. Like there's a whole chapter on the many different qualities of each chakra as simple as it can keep it because all of the energy healing books that I've read in the past and courses that I've taken, it can take months to finish a book like that because it is so chock full of information. 
And that's, it, it was overwhelming to me when I was first starting. And so that's why I made this so simple. So it's like simple and succinct. And then from there, once people have that foundation, they can continue exploring in any path that they choose and, you know, go deeper into whatever really lights them up from the book. Um, but so within that, so those are the seven main chakras. Those are the most important, important for the health of the body. Although all the chakras really play a role. And those are within the physical body and you know the root points down from the perineum and the crown is from the crown of the head up so those are slightly uh out but they're they they tie into that central column that i was talking about where all of the information is processed and then sent wherever it needs to go throughout the physical body and throughout our field it's like that is like our filtering the chakra is how we send out energetic information and how we receive it and by information that can be light information that could be photonic that could be just information energetically energetically like electrically mm -hmm. a, a lot around the heart is magnetically um, and so there's just many different um, ways that we use the chakras on a daily basis to filter what's going on in our environment and how we perceive that and also to act within our environment in the way that we feel suits our personality and our energy. And then outside of the seven, then there's also minor chakras, which are very small, and they're also equally as important, and we have them all over. There are some on the soles of the feet that really helps us connect in with our work in the world and grounding um, backs to the knees. I don't talk about all of them in the book, but the major ones that are pretty important are the ones in the palms as well. That's how we primarily do a lot of the energy healing that doesn't involve visualization, but that involves literally breathing and sending energy through our hands. They're right in the center of the palms. And then there's also telepathic chakras that go up and above the eyebrows and then down and around as if like they were following the frame of glasses. There's minor ear chakras. There's chakras, there's minor <laughs> chakras everywhere. And then like the acupuncture points. But what these do is they dilate open and closed and similar to like a, a flower uh, or a colander, they open and close in order to modulate the information coming through and take it in and receive it and process it and send out information as well. And so they're constantly fluctuating according to what's going on within us internally and externally within our environment. And so that's how we process and work. Like that's, that is the chakras in a kind of nutshell. Oh, and then the transpersonal ones that you were talking about that are in the book. So those are, um, they're a little bit less fixed mm. as to what they look like and what they can do because they're just on a completely different plane of existence. The seven main chakras really do look like those funnels. They don't really change, but the ones that are the one that's below the feet, the ones that are above the head, they can usually be an orb. Sometimes they turn more into a disc. They can shift within the aura. They're very different and they have different purposes, but a lot of their purposes is on a, on a much higher, like higher self level to connect us to our experience. Those we don't work with as often that consciously I do use one of them for learning energetic shielding to set our space. Um, but those are more, way more subtle. Cause as I was saying, the things in the body and closer to the body are more dense. And as we go further out, it's more subtle. Those are the most subtle. And the one um, at the thymus, which is called the higher heart, that's right like two inches below the collarbone. And if you tap your thymus, the, the if you tap the center bone, the sternum, you'll feel a hollow spot. That's where the thymus is. And that one is a really important one because that one's within the body. 
that that tends to hold all of the soul information. Like if there was one chakra that really held our entire experience on a much higher level as souls within the body, that would be the higher heart. But like I was saying, it could take lifetimes to even just work through the basic seven chakras. And so, yes, we work on all of them in the book, but those ones are, um, I would say more of the ones to work on after you've really gotten used to working with the seven main chakras. Um, but I did want to include all of them. Yeah. And it, it really, not only do you include the, um, the explanation and the diagrams, like I said, those beautiful illustrations I mentioned early on in our conversation. Um, but also that's part of the, the, the energy practices that you include is how to work with your chakras to determine if there is an issue and how to resolve it, um, both on the beginner level all the way up. You you include beginner, intermediate, and advanced practices. So I thought that was really awesome. So it's not just that you tell us what could be happening, but <laughs> you help us understand how to resolve it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all can. It's like that's the best part. Like. You can literally do it yourself and it just takes practice. So even if like the first time around, it's the same as anything, riding a bike, it doesn't like fully, you know, you don't have this miraculous healing, just keep trying. Yes. (laughs) It just takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. And then one other thing that you mentioned in the book that I've always been interested in is, um, and I'll just read a quote here. Energy healing can occur only when consciously or subconsciously the person receiving the healing is ready and willing for a change. So I'm just curious, um, you know, why, how does that work? Some people are ready, some people aren't. Um, do you see that a lot in your practice? There's so much that goes <laughs> on to this. And I'm so glad you brought that up. There's many factors. Um, there's so many factors as to why healing can and cannot work. The main ones, like you were just saying, is sometimes a person's just not ready to release those things. And that's perfectly okay. I do believe that whether we're doing the healing on someone or not, or you're doing it on yourself, the client knows best what's what's best for them, like more than they know themselves better than we know them. Mm -hmm. And so if they're feeling like this is too soon, I'm not ready, they're correct. And so if the healing isn't going to, you know, work for them in that session, that's great because maybe there's certain things in their life that still need to occur, or maybe there's certain things that still need to fall into alignment for that to work. However, there are certain things um, karmically or when the person really is willing and ready, the healer is extremely qualified and ready, or they're doing it themselves and they're very qualified, but then there's God and there's a higher power. And sometimes there's reasons that healing cannot and won't occur that are beyond our control, that are for a higher purpose that we may not understand. And that occurs all the time, Um, especially, you know, with very skilled healers who like could be world-renowned, they have clients where that doesn't occur. And because there is a higher power at play and there's decisions being made on a higher level of the client on like their higher self level. And also from the Supreme, you could say a Supreme power, however you want to call it, God source, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever we we are comfortable with um, that, that can affect if a healing is ready or not, if it works or not. But the biggest thing first is for someone to be ready and willing and open-minded for that shift. Because when you do move energy, things happen quickly. Like things in your life can happen very quickly Mm -hmm. when you start to remove things that have been stuck and held for a long time or gently remove 
some courting within a very toxic relationship, things in the physical are all affected by what happens energetically. So when you start working with the energy, expect shifts in your life to happen quite quickly and be prepared for that. Not in a, like a negative catalytic way, but in a, okay, this is like your intention to shift and, and leave these old patterns behind, but now the physical is going to have to move along with that. And you're going to have to make those shifts to maintain the, the healing that occurred. You know, it's the same yeah. thing if someone like does a big healing, uh, you know, for their health, and then they go back to the same patterns that created that problem with their health. Well, then, you know, it's not going to be effective. So it's, it's really like a huge thing at play here, including what they do energetically, their will around it. And then also the behaviors and patterns that they're choosing to maintain shift or leave behind after the session that will affect that. Yes, that makes so much sense. Um, and that, yeah, thank you for explaining that. Um, Cause that's something that I've always been curious about why some heal and why others don't. Um, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you cover, there's so many things, um, um, th that you cover so beautifully in the book, you know, about our aura tools, support to, excuse me, tools to support the energy <laughs> healing journey, like crystals and harmonic sound vibration, color therapy, nature, working with your water, things like that. Ah, but I want to make sure I'm looking through my outline. One of the concepts that I would love to have you speak on that's also included in the book, but I'm just another one that I'm interested in that I hear folks talk about, but I don't think is always properly explained. And I think this is an important one too, um, is around energy cords. Um, mm -hmm. So do you, I'll read the, how you explain it in the book. Um, you say that energy cords are energetic tubes or tunnels of light. Uh, tunnels of light energy between two parties where energy, thoughts, and emotions are exchanged at an instantaneous speed. Picture energy cords like having a direct landline or cable connecting you to the other party nonstop where the phone is open all the time. It's exhausting and can be downright uncomfortable. We don't need to be mm -hmm. leaking our energy outward or receiving incoming energy from external sources at all times of day. That made so much sense. And you also say it's not as simple as karate chopping them or pulling them out, which I know is a <laughs> technique that I have heard other people explain. And I just, I feel like you give this concept a lot more depth and breadth. Um, do you, and I feel like it's something that affects all of us. <laughs> so do you mind speaking mm -hmm. to that one a little bit? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, and th this just kept coming. It just kept coming up since the last topic, but I just wanted to say like, for those of us that have gone through a lot of healing and have gone through a lot of different healers and, and really worked on ourselves and things still aren't shifting. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad thing. I've worked with people and I've seen examples of people within, and there's plenty of medical intuitives. I'm sure you've probably even interviewed that have worked with people that have illnesses that aren't clearing. And it's not because they're low vibrations, not, none of that. It's a lot of times they're taking on karmic things mm. for their family. They're taking on pain for the collective. We don't know. We like never know really what's going on with someone. So I just think it's really important. Like, and I, I do put this in the book, I think towards the end, but no matter where you are on your healing journey, like not to judge whether the healing works or not, like not to judge your ability as a healer, um, because there's always a purpose as to why something's occurring or not. And yeah. so it doesn't always mean like sometimes people really judge healers when they get sick or they get a cold or something. And it's like, there's so much going on at a soul level that we have no business knowing when it comes to another person's journey, unless like that's something they want to share. Yeah. And so I just wanted to kind of put that out there when it comes to like the, the not healing, you know, 
healings not working and, and things like that happening with illnesses. I really appreciate um, you clarifying that. Yeah. And so with the energy cords, yes. Um, <laughs> I think, I think it's really like common knowledge now. Like when people talk about energy cords for the most part, I think a lot of us know what that is. Um, I will say that beyond just studying energy healing, it was really my work within the Akashic records that gave me that insight as to why when people remove cords and they do it right and they do it properly, but then it still comes back. Why does that happen? You know, what's going on there? And a lot of times if that is occurring, well, I will just say also not all cords are negative. Like mothers have cords with their children when they're young. Um, you know, you could have a cord with your pet. Um, not all cords are ones that are negative or that, you know, need to be removed or, um, that signal too much codependency. Some of them are, are needed at that time, but, um, for the ones that are not necessarily positive, meaning there's energy being siphoned or released from you or taken from another that isn't, um, in a very sovereign way that is creating issues. Like sometimes when people have cords, it's like, they'll be thinking something they don't know why they're thinking it. And then a person, you know, that they were thinking about texts them and tells them the same thing. Hmm. And that's usually a good sign. Like, yep, you guys have, you know, you have a little bit of a cord there. Um, but the thing is, so you could do the energy practices to release it. A lot of times though, if it's done in a superficial way, meaning that the intention wasn't set to fully release that relationship through love and through forgiveness and to really move forward with your life, but it's done just like you hire someone you pay them money or you do it yourself and then you remove this cord and then it comes back. Well, it's because although you change the energy, the true intention behind it was never really to leave that relationship or there's still lessons that need to be learned or resolved or contract that needs to be fulfilled or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to that, yes, sometimes it's effective to just, if you set the intention, you're like, I'm done with this. I'm done with this nonsense. I'm done with these conversations, you know, I'm done with whatever, um, that will work, you know? And however, if it doesn't, then it's worth exploring on a deeper level within your own meditation. Why, why would this still be coming up in your field? Is there still lessons to be learned? Are there still emotions being held within your end? I, Cause I would look more at what's going on in the person like ourselves, as opposed to the other person and just take full responsibility. Why is this still something that's serving me? Cause if it wasn't serving me, it wouldn't be there. Yeah. And then from there, when you get the information, whether it's through your meditation, just meditating, dropping the question and seeing what occurs or before bed, sometimes do that. And then you might have some dreams or some information you wake up with around that. Then I think it's able, you're able to release it. And a lot of times, like we were talking about earlier, how you were saying like a cut can heal itself without effort. Mm -hmm. These things will resolve themselves yeah. once we get the clarity, but such a big part of energy healing is really getting the clarity around it. And what's awesome about energy healing is it's a lot harder to lie to ourselves with energy healing, right? Because the energy doesn't really like why it, it <laughs> shows you what's there. It shows you, it, you, whether you see it or feel it or intuitively know about it or hear it. It, you get the information that's there. So you could say that you feel one way, but your energy is going to show another thing. And it's the yeah. same with cords or really any of the, like the exercises in the book. Um, so yeah. yeah, like I know a big thing is like, people are like, yeah, just cut the cord, rip the cord. And that's not really what we want to do. It's 
like I said, a lot of it's through love and forgiveness and not sending love to another person. You don't have to do that, but for yourself enough to forgive the person and then it will naturally dissolve, or you can do the exercises in the book. And then, you know, you'll, you'll understand the signs of when you have a cord or not. And if it comes back, then I would definitely recommend just doing some self-inquiry with your meditation and you'll get some really interesting information. Absolutely. And I'm so sorry, we are at the end of the hour and there's so much more we could talk about. But that is just a good invitation for folks to get the book, The Ultimate Guide to Energy Healing, The Beginner's Guide to Healing Your Chakras, Aura, and Energy Body. I have been joined today by Kat Fowler. Um, And again, the book is The Ultimate Guide to Energy Healing. And don't forget, she will be at East West Bookshop on Saturday, April 23rd from 3 to 4.30 p.m. Pacific. And I'm sorry, not at the bookshop proper, but she will be online (laughs) through East West Bookshop to do this event. Um, You can find out more and register by going to eastwestseattle.org. That's eastwestseattle.org. And the class is Energy Healing for Beginners. And you will be learning so much about what we've talked about here today um, and the website, Kat's website, to find out more about her, catfowler.com. Thank you, Kat, for being on Sunny in Seattle. Thank you so much, Sunny. It was awesome chatting. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. Sunny Joy signing off.